It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Welcome back, everybody. Ears Up Podcast. We're here for another show. We're excited for another show. At least most of us are. Right? We're all excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Right, I'm super excited for this one. Because if you're watching live, we have uh, new pizza. cameras and fun things. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have new pizza. It's not the old pizza. <laughs> it's brand new pizza here live on Ears Up Podcast. Yes, this is very exciting. We're entering a new a new era. I feel legit. We are legit. Yeah, hopefully you're legit. not. Hopefully you're not too legit that you'll quit. Because <laughs> no, I'm not too legit. You're not too legit to quit. No. But you're. You're. What's funny is I'm just legit enough to keep going. <laughs> That's the second terrible music reference. I almost started singing the "I'm So Excited" song, but my microphone was too far away. First I'm of all, so what's terrible about MC ter- Hammer? Second of all, well, that's also true. Your decision to sing bad, mu- terrible music is not the second terrible music thing. It's just that's what you do all the time. Ouch. You constantly. Well, no, it's true. Oh. It's fine. Yeah, it's, she it's likes true. Kelly Clarkson, so I do. I do. Clarkson. That's There's nothing really wrong with Kelly Clarkson. There's nothing really wrong with her. No. Karen. <laughs> she can carry a tune. Her songs are catchy. Are they? Since you've been sorry, <laughs> she goes. Since you've been gone, is that Kelly Clarkson? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a good. I like the. <laughs> is that the hook or is that the chorus? That is the chorus, I believe. Hmm. See, I don't know. I don't know these things. I'm not a musical person. Yeah, I don't. Know. Uh, you heard me sing the Secret Show intro. Oh, that's true. That's pretty bad. It's, it's a fact. beautiful. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's bad man. in a wonderful way. It is bad. In a I believe it's magnificent. Way. That's yeah. the word. Mm-hmm. I think magnanimous yes. is what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. It is Ears Up Podcast. Of course, we're back. Uh, we have a pretty cool show for you today. Terrence is going to talk to you about the history of Splash Mountain. Yes, I am. Splash Mountain, or otherwise known as Beverly's favorite ride in the entire universe. Uh, <laughs> oh, hated it. Look up our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, if you look up our Instagram account, you'll see a really awesome picture of Bev, pretty much acting the way I do on Tower of Terror. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent real. But no acting whatsoever. That is a hundred percent accurate truth. <laughs> truth bombs. Truth bombs. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, I really like that ride. I like sitting in the front. I like leaning over because I know I'm not going to fall out of the thing, right? Or the boat's going to, but see, Tower I of Terror, you never know. No, see, I disagree. Um, on Tower of Terror. You disagree that I'm, that I do that? No, I disagree. Stop. <laughs> Don't confuse me. <laughs> That's not nice. Okay. I feel that you could fall out of Splash Mountain. Hmm. It actually terrifies me. Just, not quite as much. Actually, yeah. only because I can close my eyes and pretend it's not happening. You think you could fall out because of the angle of the drop? Yeah. What do you yeah. think the angle is? For, I actually knew this, four. but it seems like, four, no, not four. <laughs> 45. Okay. It's close. Hmm. It's close. It feels like it's, 90. She's steep. It does feel like 90 when you're on there. It really does feel like you're dropping straight down. Yeah. I don't know. Let me just re-reference us back to that photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's... uh. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. That's pretty good. It's um, 100% real. Find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think at some point, Taryn, we're going to talk about our iTunes ratings, right? Yes. I'm are, gonna, are we actually doing that? Yes. Right. Uh, I'm going to... 
I think I'm going to st- sort of sprinkle them throughout feedback. So I think I'll read a couple of them tonight, and um, we'll go from there. Okay. I love it. Sounds great. Uh, find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Um, but it sounds like probably just Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Pinterest is happening. Is it? So it's, a, it's a thing. Slowly. Okay. I'm catching us back up. Oh, thank God. Uh, any feedback on the show goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any compliments goes to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi Hello. to Bev at earsup-blah-blah-blah. And anything else comes to me at Jason and whatever. Uh, we also have a blog, in case you guys didn't know that, because everyone has a blog. Who doesn't have, I have like 12 blogs, I'm sure, somewhere <laughs> floating out in cyberspace. Um, and, uh, we do our, like, a Disney animated classics review. Terrence just finished Song of the South. One uh, song of the South. One song, song of the South. I think it's the only song. It's the only song <laughs> of the South. Song of the South. That's pretty beautiful. That's good. It's, right? uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit in the okay. show. But yeah, it's something. It's something. Um, for you live folks, I haven't posted it yet, so don't go digging for it. Uh, but hopefully by the time this podcast posts, I'll, I'll have done it. But, uh, let's be honest. I probably won't. <laughs> Uh, you can support us, great content uh, generating people that we are. Uh, you can do all of your Amazon shopping on our Amazon link. That's on our homepage. Some people say if you, you, you can't find it, if you have the ad blocker software up, you won't, it won't show up because it's a ad, I guess. Excuse me. I don't know. Um, but, uh, turn your ad blocker software off, uh, for our page only. You can disable it for certain pages and it'll pop right up. Do all your Amazon shopping there. That actually helps out a lot. Um, you know, us buying odds and ends for the studio and stuff like that. Um, you can sign up to be a reoccurring donor on that site as well via PayPal. Um, you can buy Coviers. Go to get Coviers.com and support us that way. You can buy some churro shirts there. I only have men's adult sizes in three colors. Um, if you go to the T Public site, which you can find off of our uh, website. Um, you can get all sorts of colors under the sun and sizes, and you can get friggin' sweatshirts <laughs> and iPhone covers. They actually, if you're a woman, they have a really cute um, sort of uh, longer neckline, but it's not a V-neck. I don't know. It's really cute, and it fits really nicely. It's like kind of loose, but not like baggy. I don't know what it's called. You know, Slouchy? You- yeah, it, that sounds about right. You know what that is, Taryn? A good story. That's a good like, story. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know how often I hear that? Like literally, probably from, every day because Sam after every story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam says something similar to me, but instead of that's whatever you just said, he's mm-hmm. like, "Cool story, bruh. <laughs> All the time. I used to do that too, but then I graduated to this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, buy coveyors. That helps us out a lot. Uh, uh, we're actually working on custom coveyors. So, uh, if you're, if you're interested in giving a pair of custom coveyors, like, you know, Nana's birthday or whatever, you can put her face right on a pair of coveyors. <laughs> contact me. Let me know. I'll make them for free. Uh, and you can, you know, you have to buy the coveyors, but it's like five bucks or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. We're trying to, we're trying to make some moves here in the, in the coveyors territory. So let me know. Um, but more importantly, go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash ears up. That's where you can really make a, a difference and you get some cool rewards too. Not only are you paying to keep the show on the air, which we really, really, really appreciate, uh, but you, uh, like I said, you get cool rewards. You get some photos, you get access to our secret show that we talked about. We're going to be, so for you live people, we're going to be doing two shows tonight. Then after we're going to cut the feeds and we're going to be recording our secret show for you, uh, Patreon people only. 
and you get that once a month, and that's kind of fun for us. Um, we get some hand li- uh, line uh, drawings sent to you, sent right to your mailboxes. Um, just a lot of fun stuff that we try to, um, you know, I don't know, say thanks for contributing so much money to keep the show in the air. It's really awesome. Yeah. And it's great because we don't have ads. You don't have to sit through commercials and all that kind of stuff. No breaks. No breaks, dude. No breaks. So uh, don't worry about, uh, you know, supporting Meals on Wheels or anything like that. It's just about us. Oh, my goodness. Not you that. should definitely what? still do that. I completely oh, yeah, disagree with you. Support them, but us first. Okay. No, yeah. All right. Well, that's what I said. Us yes. first. Don't worry about it. And exactly. if you have room in your budget, right? then was that rude? Should I cut that out? No, that's fine. You don't need to cut it, but no. Support. Your price <laughs> is way too high. You need to. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> do we have feedback turn? Yes. Uh, let's see. Okay. Our first one here is from Sabrina, and I apologize. This one's a little bit older. I missed it last week. Hello, Sabrina. Sorry if you've already received this, but I hadn't had a response and you mentioned problems with emails. Hello, Ears Up crew. Hi, Bev. Hi. <laughs> I'm starting on a uh, on a very original note. We love your podcast. My husband and I started listening to you about six months ago. My husband heard the podcast mentioned on the Brewing Network, which he was already an avid listener. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I I'm sorry, Sabrina, for all the stuff you've ever had to hear. <laughs> Over on that other show. Yeah. Uh, the first podcast we listened to was the one on Oob Iwerks. Mm-hmm. Oob? Oob? Do we decide? Oob. Oob. Oob Iwerks, uh, which was not Uber a- Iwerks. It's Uber, the Uber. Uber. She listened to the one on Uber. Uh, which was not a good place to start, but we went back to your first episode and gave you a go it's anyway. Up. It's Ub. All right. So Ub, see? Uber. Uh, so I think that's funny that she says um, it was not a good place to start, but we went back to your first episode. Oh, jeez. Wow. It didn't get better. No, Sabrina, what are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> you should have just kept going. Um, <laughs> just go, man. We've recently just listened to that one again and enjoyed it a lot more the second time around once we had gotten to know you and your personalities. Okay. <laughs> Before that, we hated you guys. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. They were like, pro- ooh. Yeah, they really turned it on. They were like, oh, it's going to be a history show. And then they're like, Oh, it's not. These guys aren't historians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least they're not. Never mind. <laughs> um, she goes on, uh, we had our first trip to Disneyland and the big USA in June 2015. We spent three days in the park and thought we had done really well and done all the big rides. Your podcast has showed us that we, uh, how much we missed, i.e. my husband thought the Haunted Mansion was a walkthrough, so we didn't go in and we skipped most of Fantasy Whoa! Land. Oh, no, she no! skipped Fantasyland for the same reason. If you don't do Haunted Mansion and you skip Fantasyland entirely, Disneyland kind of gets real boring. It gets yeah. real small. For yeah. real. Yeah, I feel sorry for you guys. Sorry about that. It's a small park <laughs> after all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she says, we didn't realize how lucky we were at the time, but that trip to Disneyland was all dressed up for the 60th celebration, looking mm. fantastic. Yeah. Listening to your podcast has made us want nothing else but to go back to the park. <laughs> we even looked at flying to Shanghai as it's the cheapest Disneyland for us to go to, but it just wasn't going to cut it. We sh- uh, we're super excited as we've just booked our flights to L.A. and have our second tri- trip to the park in early May this year. Not sure of our exact plan while we are there yet, but uh, we s- we still have probably four days in the park. would love to meet up if any of you are planning to be in the park then. We'll be there in November. I will be there the first weekend in May. Oh. Nice. Well, there you go. So uh, let me know your dates and maybe we can do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm actually only going to be there one day, the Saturday, which is a terrible decision, but... I'm actually <laughs> only going to be there one day. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but maybe we can make it happen. 
<laughs> uh, as we keep telling our friends, uh, our family and friends we're going back, no one understands why we would want to do the same things again. So we're listening to you today. I decided to write this um, as you would be four people that would totally get my excitement for returning. Of course. Absolutely. This is what you tell your parents. You go, look, have you ever breathed once? It's fun, right? You should do it again, right? There. You should do it all the time. You ever had cake? <laughs> That's true. You can't have it once no. and never go back. I would never do that. You no. ever try walking that? once in your life and that's it? Come on. Life yeah. is about being, you know, doing the things you like over and over again. Yes. yes. Life is about repetitiveness. It's about, it's about repetition. Day in and day yes. out. The same thing. Do you ever go to work? Die. You don't even like that. <laughs> Mary, same dude every day. Jeez. We're on your side. <laughs> yep. um, she also says, looks like Tee Public will ship to New Zealand. So out for a churro shirt. Uh, so look out for a churro shirt order from us soon. Nice. Thanks Thank again you. for the awesome 15 minute podcast. <laughs> keep, keep your ears up, Sabrina. Oh, P.S. We made the gumbo and it was delicious. There you go. Bomb. Yeah. I'd love to hear about the other, about other Disney foods and how to have some Disney magic when we get back in New Zealand again. Do they have okra in New Zealand? I feel like they don't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Research it. They have, have, have kiwis. Have a, I have a right? friend that, that's... Uh, it's just a pot of kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> we made a gumbo New Zealand to... style. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just a bunch of fruit salad. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I know. Wow. It's pretty funny, though. Oh. Uh, I'd pick on Australia too, but I don't know what I don't know what like Australia's not famous for same? eating kiwi. They're famous for like kangaroos. No. Aren't they They're called like the kiwis? No, you cannot say that Australia and New Zealand are the same place. I know, yeah, they get real mad. But it's to me, they're like real mad. they're right there. That's like saying like uh, the, the the Welsh and the English are the same people. I think uh, they're the same too. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, that's like saying we live in Walnut Creek. I tell people that. Sometimes. I wish. <laughs> okay. Can't get through to Taryn. Um, real quick, how many more things? Because we're on a time crunch. How many uh, more? Just two more. I'm going to do. And how long is your deal? I'll, I'll talk no, no, fast. No, no, don't talk about job. Uh, give, ha- give me 30. Okay. Let's forego feedback. Okay. Terrence? Give me 20. Take us through the feet, the uh, history of Splash Mountain, please. Sorry, we're just, uh, we're up against it because we have to talk to our guests for the next show at a specific time. They're on the East Coast. And we're already holding them, so um, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're doing gonna, our fifteen minute show. We're doing so, our fifteen minute show. <laughs> so really. I, I actually, I had my phone, and I decided to voice text. You know, like for real, like the what what I was looking at and thinking as I was watching Song of the South. And the reason I have to talk about that is because you can't really talk about uh, Splash Mountain without talking about Song of the South because that's what it's based on. So um, these are kind of this is kind of what I was thinking. And I'll just jump into it. It started out like any other Buena Vista Walt Disney film of the era. The overture plays as the screen quickly set up the title shot. And somehow, even as a 37-year-old man, seeing that familiar book with the title to the movie inscribed upon it makes you feel like all is right in the world. No worries about kids. No worries about bills. I'm just ready for the Song of the South to carry me away. Now, this is where I started voice texting myself, okay? okay? All right. Okay, hold on. I need to rewind this because I have no idea what this guy just said. So let me try to listen again. Out of the humble cabin, out of the singing heart of the Old South have come the tales of Uncle Remus, rich in simple truths, forever fresh and new. Okay, that's good, but why does this guy sound like Mushmouth from Fat Albert? <laughs> All that I picked up was... You can't say between Exactly. (laughs) All I picked up was just because these tales are by critters doesn't mean they aren't as true as the other ones. Critters. 
all right, rough start, <laughs> but I'm sure this will pick up. I mean, come on, it's Disney. Okay, why is Mammy from Gone with the Wind, who looks like Mrs. Butterworth, riding in the buggy with Mr. and Mrs. Joan on their way to plantation? Walt, you better check yourself. (laughs) Okay, now they met the little helper boy, and his name is Toby. All right. So Toby's showing around Johnny, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, while his dad is basically saying that this visit was just a drop-off. Night falls, and Johnny decides to leave. Luckily, he runs across all of the sharecroppers outside singing outside of their homes. And now Uncle Remus is going to tell the best stories in the whole wide United States of Georgia. Now we enter into the first cartoon part. So um, <laughs> so it starts with Uncle Remus singing zippity doo with various animals. And the whole sequence just it kind of reminds me of Mary Poppins. Also, the bluebird in the scene is the same sound of the ticket scan at the gate. I oh, thought really? that was it. Yeah, it's the same Interesting. sound. Also, I still can't understand anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so now Br'er Rabbit is boarding up his house because he's off to run away from his troubles. He gets caught by Br'er Fox, who's uh, who lives at the top of Chicopee Hill, and Br'er Bear, who seems to be really big and really stupid. So Br'er, uh, Br'er Rabbit tricks Br'er Bear into taking his place in the trap, which is a rope hanging from a tree. As Br'er Bear was accidentally beating up Br'er Fox, the rabbit... You have to watch the movie. Uh, the rabbit ran right back to his briar patch. Okay, next scene. Johnny has now made friends with Jenny Favors, a poor white girl who's a neighborhood girl there. And Jenny has two older brothers, Joe and Jake, and they're not friendly at all. They're constantly bullying Jenny and Johnny. Jenny... Jenny and Johnny, two friends of mine. Jenny... Uh, decides to give Johnny a puppy that her brothers want to drown, and a fight breaks out. See, this is awesome because I've seen I've this seen movie this and I've never gotten to this point. It's, it was. I've hard. always fallen asleep. It was hard, and I'm. And the only reason why I'm going over this part is because I have to set up what they did with the ride. All right, okay, good. So, um, so uh, Johnny makes friends. Okay, so then uh, Johnny's mom says that he can't keep the puppy and he's heartbroken. So he takes the puppy to Uncle Remus, and, he, and Uncle Remus tells him the story of Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. The day of Johnny's birthday arrives, and he doesn't want to go, especially since his father won't be there. So Uncle Remus tells him and Johnny the story of the laughing place, which causes Johnny to miss his entire party. His mother gets upset and tells Remus that he can't spend any time uh, with Johnny anymore. Dejected, Remus packs up and heads to Atlanta. Johnny sees him leaving and runs after him, only to be attacked by the plantation bull. As Johnny hovers between life and death, he calls for Uncle Remus, even though his father had come back, and Uncle Remus being there and telling him another story saves his life. That is Song of the South in a nutshell. All right? Okay. Now, my review... Briar Rabbit. Brer. Like brother. Brer Rabbit. Okay. So... Never heard Br'er being brother. It's brother. Is it? Yeah, that's the the, um, Old South short for brother. Okay. So, the film. Br'er. Br'er. All right, Br'er. So, the film premiered on November 12th, 1946 at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Walt Disney made his introductory remarks, uh, introduced the cast, and then quietly left for his room at the Georgian Terrace Hotel right across the street. He had previously stated that unexpected audience reactions upset him. And he was better off not seeing the film with an audience. 
James Baskett, who played Uncle Remus, the title, uh, you know, the main character, was not able to attend the film's premiere because he would not have been allowed to participate in the festivities as Atlanta was then still a segregated city. Uh, the film grossed $3.3 million at the box office, looking at, you know, adjusted for inflation, and it was $65 million that it made. So, um, after the movie, after this, um, this had been done earlier with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Disney uh, produced a Sunday strip title called Uncle Remus and His Tales of Br'er Rabbit to give the film pre-release publicity. The strip was launched by King Features on October 14, 1945, more than a year before the film was released. Unlike the Snow White comic strip, which only adapted the film, Uncle Remus ran for decades, telling one story after another about the characters. Some based on the legends, others new until it ended in 1972. Apart from the newspaper strips, uh, Disney's Br'er Rabbit comics were also produced for comic books, and the first such stories uh, in, appeared in late 1946 when the movie came out. Uh, they were produced by Western Publishing and European publishers, um, until, and they continued to appear. In 1946, a giant golden book entitled Walt Disney's Uncle Remus Stories was was published by Simon and Schuster, and it featured 23 different stories of Br'er Rabbit's escapades, all in a southern dialect uh, based on the original Joel Chandler Harris characters. And this is how most of the people in the parks knew the characters. So, so they're, like, really committed to Uncle Remus. They're really committed to Uncle Remus. Now, <laughs> here's a million-dollar question. You sound uncomfortable, Terrence. <laughs> here's a million-dollar question. What's going on? Do I... So you can't find this movie. Right. Right. You can't, you, it's never going to come out of the vault. They're not going to yeah. re-release it. They're never going to film or show it again in a theater. Right. They're not going to rehash this one. No, no. because it <laughs> has been a live remake. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been deemed so racist, like dripping with racism. Right. And so, yeah. and, and so I, I will say, I don't think it's racist. I don't think the movie is racist. Okay. I think it's dangerous, especially with the, uh, the climate of our, our country and our world right now. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous, very strong stereotypes. It almost felt, I think I put this in there, it almost felt like, um, like one of the, like the, one of the, uh, minstrel shows. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt oh. like that where it was, it, it took what, it took what was, was looked at as com- quote unquote commonplace in that part and just, you know, magnified it to the nth degree. To caricature. Yes. So do, right? you, do you think the fact that it has been um, taken out of theaters, it's never coming back, all that stuff kind of builds it up to be more dramatically racist than maybe it really is? Or? No, no, because I, I think that if you, if you had someone, um, uh, so quick story about me. Uh, I I'm have, Asian. I, yes, I don't know if you guys can tell. No, but um, I, I I'm I'm black, and um, I've grown up in the Bay Area, which is very diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have friends of all different you know cultures, all different you know. I, I I that's what I have, and so when I when I look at this, I personally look at this as a period piece. I think that it, it's something that where they try to be as um, accurate as accurate as possible to what life was like, what the dialect was like in rural Georgia immediately after the Civil War. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't like it was set in 1940s. It was set immediately after the Civil War. And yeah, I think, I mean, even in parts of the South up until the early 1900s, this kind of dialect was, was commonplace. It, it, you know, it was, it, you were seeing it. So I don't see it as, as racist, but I think that there, there has to be some kind of dialogue if you watch it today saying this was then, but that's not how, how people are nowadays kind of a thing. That's that's it. That's as far as I can go with it because this isn't the secret show, right. so I can't go into more about it. Right? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So that's the that's the movie. If you guys watch it, decide for yourself. But that's the movie. That's what they had to work with, right? Okay. So uh, on September 9th, nineteen seventy three, Carousel of Progress gave its final California adventure. Um, sorry, uh, ended a California adventure to celebrate America's bicentennial. A new show was designed to fit into the existing Carousel Theater, and on June 29, 1974, America Sings officially opened. Like Carousel of Progress, which showed the advancements in electricity over the decades, America Sings featured a cast of audio-animatronic animals and presented a history of music as he rotated within the theater from era to era. Early on, the show saw decent attendance, though it was never as popular as its predecessor. And then, after 1976 was over, the end of the bicentennial, the place remained without a crowd on most days. In all, the show uh, show ended after 14 years in 1988. Now, before the attraction officially closed, some of the animals began to disappear. Namely, two of the geese that were in the show were removed and stripped down to their skeleton. They were turned into G2 droids and placed in the queue for the soon-to-open Star Wars attraction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So starting in 1982, Dick Nunes, who was the president of Walt Disney Attractions, was pressuring the Imagineering Department to come up with some form of water ride within Disneyland that would help guests stay cool during the hot summer months. He wanted something similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, but more exciting. This is what, so this is what Kyle was talking about when he was saying that there's a parks versus Imagineering thing that happened. Mm. This was a park saying, this is what we want you guys to build. This is what we think will work in our parks. Make it kind of, make it happen kind of a thing. So Nunes wanted some form, some form of a flume ride, but Imagineering argued that Disneyland should not have another flume ride because they already have one and they're so commonplace everywhere else. Well, Tony Baxter, while driving to work one day, was trying to think of how he could please both sides, how he could make the park happy by giving them their ride, make Imagineering happy by not just doing another flume ride. So he was wondering um, what he could do for Dick Nunes while also bringing attention back to the often empty Country Bear area. And then it hit him. Why not create this flume ride? Semi-truck. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Then he got hit. Now, uh, why not create this flume ride around Song of the South? Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear, and Br'er Rabbit have been within the park since it's open, and yet nothing really had been done with them. As soon as Tony got to his office, he called Bruce Gordon and John Stone in and told them his idea. And they began to work. Within four weeks, they had a scale model created for their new attraction, the Zippity River Run. The Zippity River. The Zippity <laughs> River Run. Okay. It kind of has a nice ring to it. Zippity River? Zippity River Run. All right. I like it. Are you answering, you're answering customer service? Yeah. Zippity River Zippity Run. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. how, how can I make your day a doodah day? <laughs> So the the next step was pitching the idea to the newly installed CEO, Michael Eisner, and Disneyland president, Frank Wells. It was an easy sell except for one thing, the name. 
Eisner suggested that they add a mermaid to the attraction and change. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> why? Michael Eisner. Oh, why? Michael Can we just do a whole Eisner. show on Michael Eisner? I don't know You're if I want anything. to. Very negative. Yeah, I, that guy I think I'm gonna have just to. tried his hardest to just <sighs> drive Disney into the ground. It's pretty funny because, like, okay, here's the idea. It's all about Song of the South. Right. But Br'er Rabbit and right. that whole thing, we'll call it Zippity River Run. It's going to be amazing. I love this idea, Tony. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Here's what would make it better. A mermaid. A mermaid. Right. <laughs> Michael, wh- where in the lore then- <laughs> does a mermaid come in? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Everybody right. loves mermaids. And all of us just dead face. Like, right. But this what? is why. This is why. So he wanted to add a mermaid to the attraction and change the name to center around Splash so that they could use the attraction to advertise the hit movie that was coming out with Are Tom Hanks and Carol Are you serious? Dead serious. I didn't even know that was a Disney yeah, movie. I didn't either. That, it was a Buena Vista. A Buena Vista yeah. yeah. Oh, I am so offended. So that's why he wanted to add a mermaid he so they could tie terrible. it in. He is. That's funny. Well, if you think <laughs> right. about it, what are they doing now? Well, with yeah. Tower of Terror. Now they're doing and the they're same doing terrible stuff. He was right. ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. He was ahead yeah. of his time. Somehow that makes more sense to me, though. Like, it's not as offensive. Why? But, but, but I don't know. Because yeah, right. exactly. it makes more sense because they were... I mean, I'm assuming like the animals were still going to be there, and he was adding a mermaid into that. Wow. Yeah, no. that's yeah. a hot mess. It is an over a completely different overlay, like a whole different ride scheme. Yeah, that's one thing. Throwing in a mermaid, yeah. <laughs> that's into a mix but is the, a mess. But the end point's the same. It's promoting a movie that's exactly. You're right. It yeah, is. like I said, he was ahead of his time. So uh, he wanted <laughs> he wanted to, he wanted to use it he for that. Stay there. So uh, Tony argued that adding a mermaid would completely ruin the feel of the ride. Someone suggested that they add the word mountain at the end, and then it stuck. Also, this would mark the first time that an attraction... hold on. So the the Splash, excuse me, in Splash Mountain originally came from from the movie. From the movie, (laughs) Michael Eisner. From the the Tom Hanks vehicle. Not from the huge Splash. Splash. That's the main part of the ride, but from the movie. That should be a fact of the show later oh when we all yeah. forget. Goodness. That's amazing. God bless. Okay. So this also would mark the first time an attraction based on an animated film would be built outside of Fantasyland. It's the first. So, okay. Okay. So how is it built? Well, there's a few legends on how Splash Mountain came to be. The first is at the is that at the center of this magical land is Chickapin Hill, and here and it is here that the Beaver Brothers had built their sturdy new dam. But unbeknownst to them, Rackety Raccoon had also constructed a juice-producing still in the same area. And it seems that while Rackety concocted a new brew, he used a few too many blueberries with disastrous results. When his still exploded, it took the Beaver Brothers Dam with it, and the water began to rush downhill and through the many caves, burrows, holes, and tunnels that crisscrossed the mountain. And from that moment on, the local critters started calling their home Splash Mountain. Did okay. Michael Eisner write that? I would not. And then a mermaid showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and saved the day. And then she grew legs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, the ride really wasn't that easy to make. <laughs> Even though the original concept for the ride was made in 1984, there was a flood in the park, there were other projects in the works, um, and so they kept the ride on the shelf until 1986. So, groundbreaking took place shortly thereafter, and it proved to be a daunting task. The first problem was trying to figure out how to have a massive mountain that did not overpower the surrounding attractions. Now, think about it. This is right mm-hmm. by Big Thunder Railroad mm-hmm. Mountain. This is right next door to the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And you're trying to put the Haunted Mansion Mountain, <laughs> Splash Mountain. Which would be an amazing mountain, by the way. The Haunted, Haunted Mansion, mansion Mountain. mountain. 
That would be a great walkthrough, by the way. That would be great. Be, they should do a Haunted Mansion overlay of Splash Mountain. Oh, my gosh. A boat ride Stop, of Haunted Tom. Mansion. I'm telling you, when we get, get Kyle out, on the phone, when we get bought out by Disney, we're making this happen. All right. I don't think this is going to. We'll do our Bob like, Gurr interview, and like, it'll be like the worst idea I've bro, ever heard. Bob, yeah. let me pitch a couple ideas hey, for Bob, you. Have you heard of club ears? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, eighty four years. <laughs> no club ears, Bob. Huh? <laughs> I don't oh drink beers. Oh goodness, <laughs> we got to get through this. So, um, so, um, ah! <laughs> sorry, go ahead. That's all right. So they literally didn't want this right to cast a shadow on the mansion. Literally, uh, literally. <laughs> so, um, so what they did was uh, they decided to keep it eighty-seven feet tall, but they actually dug down another fifteen feet first. So the next issue was how they would make this high-capacity ride uh, with all the limited space they have. So, after all, they wanted an entire Song of the South and would not be able to do so with a simple looping flume ride. So, they decided to build two separate show buildings for this attraction. The first show building is directly behind the mountain. Uh, and this one is five story, uh, five floors high. This building would showcase the B scene as well as prepare you for the big drop. The second show building would be the mountain itself. As you load, uh, load you're on the first floor of the mountain. You then begin looping in and out of the mountain going up five floors until slightly dropping a floor before you enter the rear building. And that's where the mountain is. You're then twisted around while gradually dropping back down to the first floor level where you enter a tunnel that connects you back to the mountain. It then lifts you seven floors up where you go down the final drop. I now to ac- yeah to accomplish this <laughs> and I had a, I have a picture of it we can put up and it's insane how you're looping all around in there. So to accomplish this, the uh, Imagineering constructed two large metal frames for the show buildings. They then then decided to treat the entire thing like a giant connect set. They decided that they needed 720 total rock cages um, in order to create the mountain. Now, these cages were big graded pieces of metal that were created to jut out in a natural form. Since Imagineering expects everything to be perfect, they actually took portions of their model and broke it into sections and gave it to the assemblers and said, make it look like this. So they had a point of reference before they began welding. Now, the Imagineers decided to cover the cages in plaster to recreate trees, rocks, and boulders, etc. The ideas continued flowing, and and the spending went up as well. Now, remember the American Sings attraction? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, Tony Baxter will say that he had the brilliant idea at the beginning of the project to repurpose the characters from America Sings for Splash Mountain. But Alice Davis, the wife of Mark Davis, says that after the flop, that uh, after what was happening with the creation of Euro Disney, everything else that was going in in the park, he was actually told that his budget would be cut. And so they gutted all the stuff out of uh, American Sings at that point to try to save costs for the project. Now, construction was completed. And Davy Crockett Fighton, that's his real name, Davy Crockett Fighton was brought uh, brought in to animate and fix the story and the staging problems. Fighton moved nearly all the animatronics to a new location and then took out 10 animatronic figures completely and removed them to the, from the ride because they didn't help the show. Now, quick note, this guy Davy Crockett Fighton now is the uh, advanced visual storytelling and senior film animation professor at the California College of the Arts in Oakland. So if we wanted to interview him, we could probably find him. He's local. So the light, the I know right where was, you work. I know we know where we, yes. His last name is Fighton? Fighton. Davy Crockett Fighton. Davy Crockett Fighton. 
like fighting. No, I I, yeah. I understand, I just, but I just that. got that. I'm oh. sorry, I just got okay. that. I understand the the word. I don't understand the word being used as a as a family name. I don't know. I don't know. Hi, I'm, I'm Mr. Fighting. This is my daughter Fighting. My other daughter. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the ride was slated to open in January of 1989. Well, there was a big problem though. That big drop. They began running tests with Imagineers and higher level executives riding the ride, and all of them would come off of the ride completely soaked. It's one thing to keep people cool in the park, but it's another thing to make them miserable. So the ride opening date had been delayed so that they can try to dial in the correct amount of splash at the bottom. They didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So they redesigned the boats to uh, have less passengers. Uh, They built them lighter, and they redesigned the bottom uh, and and bow to make them less likely to splash so much water. So the ride opened officially on July 17, 1989. With a special guest appearance by Jim Varney. Do you guys know who that is? Of course. It's yes, Ernest. It's Ernest. Ernest. It is. Yeah. So he was there at the opening. So the ride is... Why? I, Wait, Ernest who? Ernest, Ernest P. P. Christmas? Oh, yeah. Why? The, okay. Ernest P. That's who I thought, but why? Yeah, was Vern there? Vern was not. He was looking for Vern. <laughs> so the ride is uh, half a mile along. There's four main pumps that pump 20,000 gallons of water per minute. The ride is 10 minutes long, and it takes you through a slightly changed story of the Song of the South before taking <laughs> you down 52 and a half, uh, 52 and a half foot drop. Ugh. Um, that's amazing. It makes me like, like, I love it. I'm and clenching. The, the drop is at a 47 degree angle. You're oh, almost, okay. You're almost right on the nose. That was close. Uh, the anticipation of the ride starts before you even enter the ride. Disneyland used an old carny trick, um, of showcasing the finale as you walk by. <laughs> I'm stealing your wallet as you're <laughs> yeah. bending over trying to get a better aim. Uh, the anticipation of the ride, uh, I'm sorry, I just read that. Uh, signs with various sayings by Uncle Remus are littered throughout the queue, but you never see him. Um, you enter your log. It used to be an eight-person old-school Matterhorn-style seating where it was uh, two people to a seat. Now it's five individual seats. And you begin your easygoing journey down the river, passing the houses of the three main characters as you hum along to the tune of How Do You Do? How Do You Do? Love that song. Before the log enters the indoor portion, you can hear a bear snoring. This is a nod to the old entrance to the Critter Country where a bear named Rufus could be heard snoring. Also, Uncle Rufus himself has been replaced by Br'er Frog. So there's no Uncle Uncle Remus, sorry, Uncle Remus on the ride at all. After a short drop down Slip and Falls, you enter the indoor portion of the attraction where various animals are singing. You'll also see Br'er Rabbit telling Br'er Turtle that he's leaving to find his, la- his laughing place. Br'er Bear follows him, ending up being attacked by bees. Uh, Br'er Fox wind up getting trapped by, by Br'er Bees. By Br'er Bees. Can you only have one turtle in the area? I feel like if there's, like, if another turtle comes in, like, hey, I'm kind of homeless, I want to hang out. No. We already got a Br'er. We already got a Br'er Turtle. Get, get out. Like, go away. Yes, basically. There's only one Br'er. Yeah. Right. It's a quota. So uh, Br'er Fox winds up trapping Br'er Rabbit with a beehive. Now, in the movie, it was a tar baby. It was a baby that was supposed to look like a small African-American kid. And this one, to kind of PC well, it up, yeah. it's a beehive. And it's, he's stuck with honey. Well, it was made of tar, though. It was a tar baby, but they dressed up the baby, to uh, dressed up the tar to look like a baby. Did they? I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't want to get into it here. But right. if you look at the old minstrels. The things that they did to emphasize facial features, okay. they did to the baby in the movie to make it look like ah. an African American baby. Okay, I don't know if that's yeah. that's fine. If you don't understand, kids, don't ask your parents. All right, the, the two mother characters are singing the Burroughs Lament, 
as you make your final climb. Bray Rabbit is about to be eaten, but they, he tricks the bear and fox into throwing him to the Briar Patch where he was born. This is what the last drop is about. You're mimicking the fall into the Briar Patch. So as you're going down the last fall, you see Literally the thorns. Literally never got that. Yeah, you see mm-hmm. the thorns. You're, be, you're yeah. falling into the Briar no, Patch I've just like Bray never, Rabbit. That's ever scary painful. The thorns because yes. my eyes are always closed. <laughs> well, I got that. We're, we're going into the Briar Patch, but I never, I never got the, the thing that we were Bray Rabbit because we see Bray Rabbit. You're not right? Bray Rabbit, we're but just you're, you're accompanying him. On his journey. journey. Yes. <laughs> they need to do better with that right. for stupid people like me. <laughs> okay, so um, we got to finish this up. So, trivia James Avery, a.k.a. Uncle Phil, plays oh. the voice of Brer Bear, but only in the Walt Disney version, which makes me so mad. Uh, the, the Disney World version? The Disney World version, yes. Oh. The Walt Disney World version, yeah. Not, we, don't, we don't have him. Uh, the voice of Brer Rabbit is that of Jess Harnell, best known as the voice of Wacko Warner from the Warner Brothers cartoon show Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Yes. Uh, Disneyland's Flash Mountain Zippity Lady Showboat is the largest animated prop ever. Measuring fifty feet long and thirty feet tall, zippity lady showboat. The showboat that you oh, see yeah, yeah, yeah. is animated because it it lights up and moves. Yeah. So it's the li- biggest animated uh, prop ever. All the main characters of the ride were created specifically for the ride. So if we're going through the ride, um, if it's not Brer Rabbit, Brer Fox, or Brer Bear, everything else is recycled from American Sings. But they built those specifically for the ride. Um, there's over one hundred and eighty optical sensors throughout the mountain to monitor, monitor the progress of the logs, and they can slow down. Water if uh, logs are getting too close together, and um, also the Zippity Lady Showboat and a small mule cart are the only two major props in the Splash Mountain that are not sculpted out of concrete. They did that to save so all the trees, everything is all concrete wow. painted over to save um, to save money. There's a special concrete mixture that the Imagineers called mud. <laughs> and um, cool. if you ever if you ever want to. To see uh, the finale part, the the boat, uh, without actually going on the ride and getting soaked, just go on the Disneyland Railroad. It takes you right through the ride, and you see that finale scene. Mm-hmm. And that's it, because we need to go. Can I tell you what I hate the most about that ride? Yes, you, you may. Three minutes, if you want to add anything else. No, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I already skipped over it. Um, not, I actually don't hate the ride, obviously, or I wouldn't ride it. Right. The drop scares me, but whatever. <laughs> right. It's the first drop. It's not the big the big drop, it's like the first, like, whatever size drop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get the wettest on that first yeah. drop. Like, it, the you boat, like, yeah, yeah, it gets you. And <sighs> then they put you through that room, and they have the AC turned down yeah, to, like, freezing. Arctic Circle <laughs> level, and you are so cold, and but it makes me really unhappy. That first drop, the slip and falls, that first drop, I don't, it's just my feet. Like, you hit it, and the water splashes into the boat, and then you're, that's it. I hate it. I've, it, no, it always it always just gets my legs, and I'm a jean wearer, it, it, and I never I like oh I'm God. wet for the whole day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's it depends on where you sit too, and I know that they. Well, I think that they've changed how wet you actually get on those rides now, they like have. the Splash Mountain. It's a web they of have. lies. It is probably no, yeah. they have. They designed it so you don't. They don't want you. Miserable. They don't want you miserable, and they want you to go on the ride. And right. I, I remember you used to get super wet, and then for a while, everyone was like, "I've I don't get wet anymore," and then it. Kind of closed for refurb and came back and suddenly you just yes. dumping buckets. Because that's what the so the you when you're going down there's um, a mist that they shoot up. Yeah, I think they've turned it up because it mm. feels like it falls on you. <laughs> like I don't feel like I'm getting wet from the side. It's like someone took a bucket it's and the poured splash, it on my head. Right? Yeah, and then Daryl Hannah's there. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to reference my photo again, and I just want you to look at Sam's shirt. Yeah, Sam is soaking Sam hasn't wet. Even been on the ride yet. He's just sweating. <laughs> <laughs> We were just doused on that ride. All right. We're going to do fact of the show and get out of here. Yeah. 
Sorry for the short show, folks. It's entirely our Well, it's still been 45 minutes. It's been almost, yeah. Uh, the fact of the show, while the Mark Twain uh, steamboat, riverboat or whatever, is a real steam engine that has an actual engineer working the steam engines and a pilot steering the ship, this is in Disneyland, it's still on a track. Yep. Yep. So the Mark Twain is still on a track, and if you ever get uh, a, a chance to get to the dock early in the day and and drive the thing, you'll you'll figure it out. Like, they really don't need to turn the thing. Right. It'll just bump into the track as it goes around the curves, but they still want you to steer it because you're going to damage the, the thing. <laughs> right. So, anyway, there you go. It's on a track, everybody. It's on a track. I'm on a boat on a track. <laughs> Got my swim trunks. Uh, this has been Ears Up. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Uh, live listeners, stay tuned for in about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. We're going to be back with another show. I hope everyone's liking the new YouTube thing. We're on YouTube now yeah, instead I hope of live so too. stream. It's beautiful. I uh, got some multi cameras and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Terrence, great job. I really apologize for rushing you, man. That's it's all not, good. Don't uh, worry about it. It's not cool. I don't like doing that. Maybe we'll do a revamp. No. No. We're good. No, we're, we're absolutely <laughs> we're <good>. done. <laughs> all right, everyone. This has been Ears Up. We'll uh, see you in the parks. Thanks a lot.